You're listening to The J. John Podcast, a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to give you confidence in your faith and boldness to share it with others. This week, J. John continues his series on the Ten Commandments with Manage Your Anger, looking at the sixth commandment, you shall not murder. We're in the middle of a series on Ten Commandments. Today, we are looking at the sixth commandment, do not murder which you can find in Exodus 20, verse 13. Murder is a serious crime because once done, it cannot be undone. Spontaneous killing, murder in the course of robbery and terrorist killing have become part of our regular news reports. Road rage is a term used to describe our reaction to those we feel are unfit to drive on our roads. 42% of employees reported that yelling and verbal abuse took place where they worked. Most people do not know how to manage their anger. Violence is being pumped into our culture by the megatons. The most popular video games involve violence. We have spawned a new generation of movie heroes, Rambos, Terminators and lethal weapons who die hard, who are not exactly walking models of constructive anger management. Did you know that we can actually break this commandment by passive inaction? If we send a person away naked when we could have clothed them, we may have let them freeze to death. If we see anyone suffer from hunger and do not feed them, we may have let them starve to death. The commandment mandates us to pursue those things that preserve and enhance life. The sixth commandment deals with the protection and the sanctity of all human life at every stage of development from conception until death. All acts of deliberate murder are violations of this commandment because they involve the devaluation of human life. Abortion was legalized in the United Kingdom in 1967 and in America it was legalized in 1973 and then many other countries followed. One in five pregnancies end in abortion abortion is wrong even if it is a right. Christianity teaches that life is valuable from the moment of conception and the child in the womb expresses consciousness, humanness and pain. Jesus' interpretation of the sixth commandment included not only acts that cause death, but also 
actions and attitudes that cause harm. And Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, do not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say that anyone who is angry with someone without cause will be subject to judgment. Grudges, resentment, prejudice, racism, bitterness and hatred harm life. Sometimes our language is full of deadly venom. I wish you'd never been born. Drop dead attitude. And we say if looks could kill, and in a sense they can. Rage and hatred are murderous things. They can distort our demeanour, that our very faces reflect death. And when it's written all over your face, you don't need to say anything. A very thin line separates violence of feeling from violence of action. And married couples will argue and they'll say things like, I hate you. I've never loved you. I don't know why I married you. Often the people we get angry at the most are those we're closest to. To dwell above with those we love. Oh, that would be glory. To dwell below with those we know. Well, that's another story. There are three common expressions of anger. First, the maniac. Maniacs are exploders. They blow up, they throw things, they rage, they spill out all over. Sibling rivalry was the cause of humanity's first murder. And in a fit of jealousy and anger, Cain killed his brother, Abel. Temper is one thing you cannot get rid of by losing. Maniacs put their mouth in gear before they engage their mind. And people who fly into a rage always make a bad landing. And people who blow a fuse are always in the dark. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. The maniac. Secondly, the mute. Denial. It's repressed. And some people don't like to admit that they are angry and they conceal how they feel. And some people stoically put on a good front and they pretend to feel no anger at all. And they express surprise that anyone would assume that they are angry. Who, me, angry? What gave you that impression? 
People who operate with repressed anger hold their anger in, swallowing the pain. And when we bury our anger, we are burying it alive. And usually it's our body that feels the effects of repressed anger. The blood system is affected, producing heart attacks. The stomach is affected, enhancing strokes. The muscles tense up, elevating blood pressure. The digestive tract is affected, producing ulcers. Seneca in AD 50 wrote this, anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. How true. The maniac, the mute, thirdly, the manipulator. Like the resentful wife who is angry with her husband so she deliberately burns his toast. The manipulator retaliates in an underhand sort of way. Sarcasm, jibes, little insult, hurtful humour. And people with resentful anger get their feelings hurt, but they never seem to get over it. Think how a single incident can get neighbours embroiled in a conflict that causes them to be enemies. Family members often hold resentful anger for a lifetime. The maniac, the mute, the manipulator, which one of those are you? Or are you a little bit of each? Well, how do we manage our anger? That's the title of my talk today. Here are the principles. Principle one, admit my anger. When we have to swallow our own medicine, the spoon always seems very large. Admit it to yourself. Admit it to your partner, admit it to God. We make things worse when we pretend it's not a problem. And in order to stop defeating ourselves, we must stop deceiving ourselves. And if we don't talk it out, we will take it out on ourselves, on other people and on God. In the Bible, the word angry, anger, is used 455 times. 375 of those times, it refers to God's anger. Jesus himself was enraged with justifiable anger with the money changers in the temple. There is a legitimate anger, but we must not sin. The issue is not how are we going to get rid of anger, but how can we express it in non-destructive ways? Principle two, deal with anger immediately. You cannot shake hands with a clenched fist. Don't hold on to it. Don't let it turn into a grudge. The Bible says, don't sin 
by letting anger gain control over you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. When we hold on to anger, it opens us up to evil implications. Anger repressed hardens bitterness in the heart. Anger fermented in the heart easily turns to hate. And then we do odd things to get even. Don't let the sun go down while you are angry. That is a great rule for husbands and wives. Sort it out before you go to bed. Because if we go to bed angry, we lie down and all that anger starts eating us like a parasite. Hot heads and cold hearts never solved anything. Peace of mind is better than giving them a piece of your mind. Be a peace maker. A wife was asked, do you wake up grouchy in the morning? She replied, no, I usually let him sleep. Humour is good. Do you know that it takes more inner strength to forgive than it does to inflict revenge? And sometimes we need to let God exercise justice. The Bible says, dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, for it is written, I will take vengeance. I will repay those who deserve it, says the Lord. Thirdly, understand anger. Anger is usually covering a hurt. And if you look under the hurt, you will find an expectation. And if you look under the expectation, you will find a need. And a sequence of irritating events can build up pressure until finally, a relatively insignificant incident can trigger an eruption. You may be angry at your parents and now your partner gets the total flood dumped on them. Whether we are on the road or in an argument, when we see red, it's time to stop. Poise is the act of raising the eyebrows rather than raising the roof. Fourth principle, stop and think before I speak. Speak when you are angry and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. The best time to keep your shirt on is when you are hot under the collar. And if you keep your mouth shut, you won't put your foot in it. James in the Bible said, 
Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And Proverbs says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. The problem with anger, it seldom gives us what we want. In fact, it usually does the exact opposite. I mean, nobody congratulates us for being angry. Oh, I love it, the way, you know, you exploded and threw everything. No, you know, people don't like it. When angered, stop and think before you speak. Fifth principle, ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How do we get self-control? God's presence in our lives creates self-control. To have God influencing the way we speak, think, and act when the pressure is on us and we get squeezed by irritations, inconveniences, and interruptions. Whatever is inside of us is going to come out. Society says the lawbreaker is a criminal. Jesus said every criminal act begins in the heart. Society tries to reform people, but Jesus Christ can transform people from hate to love, from bitterness to forgiveness, from darkness to light. The sixth commandment says, do not murder. Murder is the ultimate form of anger. We must guard our anger and keep it under control. Don't let it get to the point that we take a life. Have you committed murder? Have you committed murder in your heart? Have you committed murder with your words? Do you need to get a handle on your anger? Would you like to have your life filled with God's presence, peace and power? It's a choice. And God gives us that choice. We've probably all broken this commandment in one way or another. And the amazing thing is that God forgives even murder if we are repentant. Moses in the Bible, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Moses committed murder. King David committed murder. And a man called Paul in the New Testament committed murder. But God took three ex-murderers to write most of the Bible. Because three people repented and sought God. And God took them and used them. 
I find that so inspiring and so encouraging. And if that is true for Moses, David and Paul, it can be true for you. 2000 years ago, God allowed his son to be murdered. You see, I may hurt other people by my actions and attitudes. I may hurt myself by my actions and attitudes, but most of all, I hurt God because my actions and attitudes crucified Jesus Christ. On a dark Friday afternoon, anger and wickedness were overcome by love and forgiveness. Jesus died with arms stretched wide as if to embrace his, his own executioners. God allowed his son to be murdered so that we could be given life and be transformed from being those who hate and despise, those who bear grudges and bitterness, and those who take life so that we can become those who are life givers and peacemakers. That's why Christianity is such good news. Have you encountered Jesus? Have you committed murder? Have you aborted a baby? Have you committed murder in your heart? Have you committed murder with your words? Do you need to get a handle on your anger? Research has shown that husbands or partners batter their wives and one in four are battered. Are you prejudiced? Are you racist? Are you harboring violence just below the surface? Washing machines have a device called an agitator. And in spite of all the detergent, the fabric, the softener, the rinse cycle and water, the one thing that ensures clean clothes is the agitator. The agitator makes sure that dirty clothes become clean. God is the holy agitator. Will you come to Christ? Will you come to him as you are and ask for cleansing and healing, forgiveness and transformation? Come and experience that. If you've never received Jesus Christ before, receive Jesus Christ now. Receive him as your Lord. Receive him as your God. Pray this prayer with me now. Thank you, Jesus, that you are 
the Lord, the King, the Saviour. I know I have broken your commandments and I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse my life. Set me free from the past. I invite you now into my life. Come in by your Holy Spirit. I want to be adopted into your family. I want to be your disciple. I want to build my life on you. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Amen. A prayer for you. Lord Jesus, I pray for everyone that's prayed that prayer, that they will know your presence and your peace and your power. And today that they will begin to produce the fruit of your Holy Spirit. And we pray for their protection as they build their lives on you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Others of you, did you feel that this talk resonated? Do you need to ask Jesus for forgiveness and healing? If you do, pray this prayer now. Jesus, I come to you. I am your follower but I have broken your commandments and I need to experience your forgiveness and your healing. So heal me now, I pray. Set me free from the past and I pray that you will fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with love and power and self-control and help me to make amends with others. Help me to build bridges. Help me to forgive others for the harm that I have caused. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope that today has inspired you. I hope that it's encouraged you. I hope it's given you a faith lift. Please visit our website, canonjjohn.com, where you can read articles and you can see resources that can help you in your journey of faith. I pray God's blessing upon you wherever you are now. The blessing of God, the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. May you be blessed and may you be a blessing. Amen. To find out more about J. John's ministry or to get your copy of his book, The Ten Commandments, visit canonjjohn.com. If you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, please click subscribe and leave a review.